Make it blue. No red this week. No red this week. Do we need to purge the set real quick? Let's do it right now. No red. No red on the set. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. It's my privilege this morning to officially accept the invitation on behalf of Brigham Young University to join the Big 12. And we're grateful to, th- to them for facilitating this process. This is a, an historic day for BYU athletics and for the university as a whole. Our mission statement indicates that BYU is to be a place where a commitment to excellence is expected and the full realization of human potential is pursued. We strive to provide that kind of opportunity in everything we do, including our core academic endeavor. But membership in the Big 12 gives us an opportunity to reinforce that commitment for our student athletes by allowing them to compete athletically and academically at the very highest level. We're grateful to the Big 12 for giving us that opportunity. I want to thank President Skubenik and the Board of Directors, the presidents and chancellors of the other institutions of the Big 12 for having confidence in us. And I want to thank Commissioner Bowlesby. You indicated that this has been a different kind of process than in 2016, but it was in 2016 and as a result of conversations then and our interaction that we developed a level of mutual trust and understanding that allowed this to be a relatively quick but thorough process, and we're grateful for that. I also want to express my appreciation to the West Coast Conference and the member institutions there. Ten years ago, they took us in and have provided a wonderful home for us since that time for most of our sports. BYU is a better place academically, athletically, and spiritually because of our interaction with the members of the West Coast Conference, and we want to thank them for that and hope that even as we transition through this, our relationship will continue on in various ways from there. Finally, I want to thank all those at BYU who have made this possible, starting with the players and the coaches, past and present, who over decades have created the kind of program that is capable of competing at a national level, which we now have the opportunity to do. I also want to thank the administrators, both university and athletic administrators, including Brian Santiago and Liz Darger, uh, Matt Richardson and Keith Borking, for creating an environment in which athletics can thrive at BYU as an integral and fully integrated part of the university, carrying out its unique role at this unique university. But most of all, I want to express my deep appreciation for our athletic director, Tom Homo. None of this would have happened without Tom Homo. His integrity, his enthusiasm for BYU athletics and college athletics in general, his evident love for the student athletes, and his embodiment of the values of BYU have all created relationships throughout the country that we are benefiting from today. Moments like this happen because of people like Tom Homo. So thank you, Tom. We're excited for the future. We're excited for going forward with the Big 12. We're excited for a game tomorrow night. And I'll just leave that at Go Cougars. Commissioner Bob Bowlesby. And we are pleased to continue that conversation with him right now as he joins the show over Zoom. Commissioner Bowlesby, let us officially welcome you to BYU Sports Nation. We've been anticipating this interview for a very long time. Well, thank you for that kind welcome. Uh, I, uh, as I mentioned in my comments earlier, 
I've uh, I've been to Lavelle Edwards Stadium and saw the beauty of it, but I haven't seen a game there yet. So I'm I'm looking forward to that in the very near future. Yeah, we cannot wait for you to experience that. Not to mention a packed Marriott Center when Kansas or Baylor or Oklahoma State come to play BYU because it's going to get loud. Well, I that's not an unusual circumstance in our conference. Uh, you, you talk with the officials that work in the Big 12 Conference and and uh, also work other leagues. They say, wow, is it like that every night? And the answer is, yeah, it actually is like that every night. <laughs> well, awesome. There, so many questions were asked uh, you know, in the press conference. I want to follow up on a couple of those. Has there been, and, and I'm sure in the next two years we're going to figure this out, right? There's not all answers today. Uh, have you discussed whether there will be eight or nine conference games in the future once BYU is in? Yeah, you know, we're still in macro mode at the present time. Uh, we'll get to micro mode, and uh, we're going to need to think through some of those uh, questions. You know, it, it depends a little bit on when everybody comes in. We know when BYU is going to come in, but we don't know for sure when the other three are going to come in. It'll either be 23 or 24. And so um, that's going to bear on the decision, obviously. Uh, it also depends a little bit, as, as Tom Homo mentioned, uh, how soon can you get out of the, the contracts that are there? Uh, there, there may be a, a year of transition where uh, you have to have some substitute football games in terms of uh, you know, what you call league games and that sort of thing. But you know, we, uh, we will likely play eight or nine uh, league games. Um, it may vary over time. We'll likely have to go to divisions and, um, and we've played divisions before, but uh, we've, we've had a situation where everybody played everybody over the last uh, eight years. Um, similarly in basketball, you know, with, with 12 teams or 14 teams in the near term, uh, you can't play a full double round robin like we're playing now. So you're going to have some two plays and you're going to have some one plays and, and we'll have to figure those things out there. Those are, there are, there are hundreds and hundreds of details that need to be ironed out. And, uh, and frankly, we haven't spent a lot of time on those just yet. Commissioner Bob Bowlesby from the big 12 conference is with us on BYU sports nation. I want to rewind to 2016 and ask you uh, specifically how that run at potential conference expansion five years ago may have helped or even expedited the process here in 2021. Well, it's a great question. Um, And, you know, I don't know that I've spent a lot of time contemplating uh, that uh, very precisely. Uh, The the earlier, the earlier process was a very different one. It was a it was a voyage of exploration. Uh, we really didn't know whether we were going to add members or not. Uh, we we talked to seventeen institutions. We did it very openly, and and we were we tried to be very forthright with them that we one didn't know if we were going to expand. If we expanded, we didn't know by how many. And and we you know we were just trying to be as open and honest as we possibly could. I will say this, BYU was right at the top of the list at that time. And and had we taken that step, I, I find it hard to believe that there wouldn't have been a, an invitation. But, um, you know, that's that's just speculation. And um, so this was a very different process. It was it was targeted uh, to those that reached out to us. And uh, it uh, we didn't involve a lot of institutions that um, that went past the first step. And so, uh, as, as was said earlier, I, I think our board and I think our staff uh, quickly identified 
uh, BYU as uh, a, a something, uh, an institution that was clearly additive. Um, cl- and, and of course, it, when we first began looking at it, we didn't know if it would be an all sports affiliation or if it would be a football only fo- affiliation. There would have been some opportunity for that, but uh, we're glad it ended up being an all sports. I, I think uh, uh, the uh, the commitment that we make to Olympic sports will be a very good thing for for your university. And, and so, you know, there, as I mentioned, uh, it, there are hundreds of details that are yet to be worked out. But um, when you look at the institutional values, when you look at the, at the leadership of the university and of the athletics program, uh, you look at the coaches, uh, the, you look at the kind of graduates that the university has, um, that, that's the sort of organization we want to be affiliated with. And um, so, you know, I got asked the question about Sunday competition. Um, you know, the Sunday competition really wasn't what I, it's always portrayed to us. Well, that's got to be a major consideration. Well, it's a consideration, uh, but you know, we don't, we don't play many events on Tuesday and Wednesday and you, you have, you have ways to work around it. Uh, you know, maybe you end up playing a double header in baseball or softball on Saturday instead of playing a game on Sunday. Those are just things you work around. And uh, the inclusion of BYU, um, I think they they fit hand in glove with our league. And I think they fit hand in glove with the other three institutions that we're adding at the present time. Certainly, it's a great fit. We're very excited about it. This might be perhaps one of those details still to figure out. But as it pertains to TV revenue, BYU, it appear, will be in the league for the final two years of the existing contract. Has there been a conversation about how BYU will get that revenue? Will it be a certain portion? Uh, will it be a full portion in the first two years? No, it, it won't be a full portion. Um, we are still um, working our way through that because, as you know, there's a, uh, an ESPN contract that uh, the BYU has for its home games. And uh, likewise, we don't know when some of the other, um, the other schools are coming in. But it, 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 is, it is likely to be about 50% of what the, what the other members get. Um, in the in the first two years, and then it would be regular revenue sharing uh, on a proportional basis after that. Commissioner, when you make it to Provo, we've certainly got a seat saved for you at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, a seat saved for you here in Studio B to come and hang out with us. And we may or may not find one of those three-foot-long maple bars that uh, are so famous at BYU and slide at your direction. <laughs> well, if you do, that would be just fine. And uh, as long as as long as the chair you give me doesn't have any wires hooked to it, I will be just fine. Very good. Thanks so much for the time today. We wish you the best luck with the uh, approaching news conferences for the other schools, and we'll talk to you soon. Well, I look forward to meeting you guys in person one of these days soon. You got it. Bob Bowlesby, Commissioner of the Big 12, making his BYU Sports Nation debut. Okay, so about 50% in the first two years, he just said TV revenue. Interesting. And there's a lot of details to be figured out. Then a full portion starting in the next TV contract, right, which will be the fall of 25 on. Yeah, he emphasized that a couple of times. There are hundreds of details to be figured out. BYTV's role uh, in all this is to be figured out as well, which is exciting. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. A Big 12 brotherhood is set to begin. At this point, again I ask, which major sports outlet 
isn't reporting that BYU, along with Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, will join the Big 12 Conference officially and formally as of Friday. So let's be very forthright. BYU into the Big 12 feels like a done deal. Mm -hmm. If that is the case, what is the next big question of BYU to the Big 12 for you? There are three. What year is BYU in? What do the divisions look like? Texas and Oklahoma are in for now, but if it's 23, are they still in? We'll see. And then hoops, uh, just celebrating how awesome hoops will be. I, I mentioned, talked to someone who said they crunched the Ken Palm numbers and, hey, best, uh, best basketball league in America. So what year? I imagine it won't be next year. I know everyone wants it to be next year, but BYU in its contracts, it looks like typically in the future football games has a 12-month situation where if BYU joins a league, they'll let them know, and if it's within 12 months of the game, that they would have to pay out for said game. So in theory, it'd only be like, what, week one next year? But I'm guessing that it's for 23. We'll see. Those are what some of the national reports say. And then with divisions, I know you put out a, a... speculative uh, division look. I really like it. Um, and in fact, let's walk over that. I, I think uh, those divisions are good. I frankly don't really care what the division split is. So here's what we'd have. This is what you, you put out. BYU, Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Houston. And then the other division, West or East, whatever they're going to call them. I was hoping it would be leader, leaders and legends, but that's just me. Uh, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Cincinnati, West Virginia, and UCF. So you get... Two newbies in each one. Um, it's pretty geographical. I think that's great. I, I really like this. Um, I, I think that's going to work. And, and, so, and then hoops, of course. It's going to be the best league in America. So, I, yeah, it, it's, it's those questions. It's not if, people. It's when. And when is tomorrow, it sounds like. So this is super exciting. And uh, those are my questions. There are many other questions to be had, but those are my main questions. Sure, yeah. And let's discuss a little bit more about which year BYU will be fully integrated. I'm with you. I think 2022 is a little ambitious. It would be fun. A little quick. Okay? It would be fun, but I don't think it has to be that crazy and that fast-forwarded. BYU can take some time, really settle in, and even if BYU goes in 2023 and Oklahoma and Texas decide, hey, we're not leaving until 2025, that's still two full years with 14 teams in the conference. One of the questions I have is, with the AAC exceptions – or stipulations, they're required to give 27 months' notice and pay a $10 million exit fee. What can they do to try and expedite that? Because I would imagine the Big 12 is like, hey, if BYU's coming in in 2023 as you know, a free agent, then how do we get the other three teams in? How much more would they have to pay? What will the AAC settle on? You trade Kansas State and a second-round pick. <laughs> and, or, and a okay. player to be named later. Yeah, what happens? Because UConn, looking at uh, the recent past, paid $17 million to expedite their exit from the AAC. Is that a similar number for Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston? I don't know. Or do they come later? Do those three teams come in in 2024 because they have to let the full 27 months play out? I'll be bummed if BYU's not in by 23. Sure. I'd be like, oh, 24? What? 2023 feels like... The year. I don't think yeah. it's going to be any later than that for BYU specifically. But will the other three teams pay more? Will they work through the stipulations? Will they come to a compromise with the AAC mm-hmm. to get in the same year as BYU? Together. Then it would be a 14-team conference 
if Oklahoma and Texas do what they say they're going to do and stay through 2025 because they don't want to pay an $80 million yeah. per school exit fee. And it'd be through 24 fall, 25 spring. So it'd be, you know, three more after this year football seasons, which could be really interesting. And, and then when you, when you talk about the divisions too, it's interesting because anticipated that, okay, if it is seven in each division, you're playing those other six plus two from the other division. So BYU's not playing West Virginia except for once every, you know, six years or whatever, right? Or every four. It would be every four years. Yeah. Well, if it's six, you're going – you're only two per year. So it's every three – it'd be every three. But, I mean, like, you, you, what if it's in Morgantown first? You may not play West Virginia for five or six years. It might, it, it'll get weird with OU and, and Texas leaving when they leave and whatever. But – it's super exciting. I cannot wait to dig in on the Big 12 more where it's like, all right, now we have this thing we haven't had in a decade, which is conference affiliation, conference pride, everyone getting their bumper sticker, we joke or whatever. Oh, looks like we're making an – Oh, wow. A, okay, we're going to put some well, well, there you go. gaff tape over right. the, red the red by the Ben Bagley. The red has been taken producer. care of. Okay, which is awesome. Okay. Making an exception for the no Big concerns. 12 logo on the screen. I don't need a new that's shirt. The color. We just need some gaff tape. Just some gaff tape. I like that solution. Cover it up. I really do. Uh, is the logo on the screen right now? Is, I, that, is that orange? No, or is that red? No, that's red. But we don't have an alternate in time to uh, <laughs> upload, so we're fine. Do we need to purge the graphics on the show? <laughs> Today and tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, the divisions. Yeah, I speculated <laughs> on They just took it off. <laughs> it, it took off. Well They're done. Like, Enough! Well done, technical director. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the divisions. I received a little bit of flack because people perceived that the Big 12 West division that I had, which has BYU, all four Texas schools remaining, and Oklahoma State in as the power division, and that the Big 12 East would be a cakewalk. So what's interesting... <laughs> took the Big 12 logo. Logo's back, no red on it. Okay, or sorry, the graphic's back, no red on it. The Big 12 East right now... Yes has number 8 Cincinnati and number 10 Iowa State in it. Yes. In a couple of years, Cincinnati won't be a top 10 team anymore. They're not going to hold that forever. Because you think their coach is going to leave? Well, d- d- just... Luke Fickle? It's hard to hold top 10 for okay. like five years. What about Iowa State, though? They're, they're a team that's been ranked in each of the last five years. Matt Campbell's going to be gone, probably. Okay. Yeah. Point is... In a couple years. We don't know what these programs USC. are going to be in three to four years. Yep. And how the divisions are going to be, oh, it's going to be a cakewalk. There's no way of knowing that. Yeah. Is UCF going to become a power now that they're in the Big 12? What if UCF's way better? What yeah. if they recruit the heck out of Florida now that they're a Power 5 school and they become dominant? I, I see where the West is probably going to be tougher than the East. But uh, it is what it is. I, I'm not going to be that picky. After all this time of wanting to be in a Power 5, I'm not going to get picky now that BYU is going to be in one. I'm just going to enjoy this. And then later we'll find things to complain about. But right now, let's just enjoy this. Sure. Yeah. I know a number of you have asked, what does this do to BYU TV? If BYU gets into the Big 12, we'll what fine. happens? We'll does BYU Sports Nation go away? Do BYU Sports go away? Well, right now the Big 12 uses ESPN3 or watch ESPN for their third tier rights. Yeah, we'll, no, we'll be here. Don't worry. BYU TV is not going We'll anywhere. get it all figured out. Not going anywhere. All right, our question of the day. The church is like, now nah, we're done. <laughs> You've heard some no. of our big questions. No. With the reports clearly pointing to BYU joining the Big 12 tomorrow, 
What is the next big question pertaining to BYU and the Big 12 for you? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Brandon Jensen answers on Twitter. How will the future game schedules currently under contract be dealt with? Jeremy touched on that lightly. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a thing where, they, listen, they'll figure it out. BYU's going to have to decide. Yeah, what, another question. What kind of schedule do we want? I agree with what Utah does, which is we're going to play BYU, then we're going to play an, uh, an FBS we can win, like and then G5? one FCS. Yes. Yes. A G5 specifically. Yes. Because you're going to play a tough conference schedule. I agree with that. Yeah. And which non-conference games that BYU already has scheduled? Do they keep? You know, Anywhere from one to eight years into the and, future, which ones do they keep? And will the dates line up? Because now the league is dictating when your non-conference dates are and when your buys are, right? Is BYU so keep playing Boise unique. State every year? I does, would say no. Does the game with Utah State go away? Maybe it's one year it's Utah State, the next year it's Boise State. Maybe there's a rotation. I would not there. want Utah and Boise State on the schedule with the Big 12 schedule. I just, I just don't. If you're trying to win the league, you're trying to get the best bowl game you can, why? There's no point anymore. You really are becoming... A Utah mentality, aren't you? No, it's a Power 5 mentality. I'm kidding. It's, they, I'm kidding. It's not theirs. It's the, pow, the Power 5 mentality. Yes, this ain't USC or Oregon or Alabama. Have right? you bought your Big 12 sticker yet, Jeremy? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm getting a tattoo. <laughs> the best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Let's bring in the head basketball coach at BYU, Mark Pope, Look at this who guy. is looking fresh <laughs> on Big 12 Friday. I am so hyped for you right now, my friend, thinking about all these Big 12 teams coming into the Marriott Center. How are you feeling, brother? I'm trying to preserve the slightest sense of dignity. <laughs> I'm so freaking high, yes. boys! Let's go! Yes. I mean, yes. come on. Woo! I, I think wow. I think men's too, honestly. We should use no words. Just like, hey! <laughs> Woo! Yeah! Yeah! What? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> of, all, of all the teams <laughs> that have won out of this thing, being in the Big 12, it's obviously men's hoops. Oh. Like, everyone's a winner. But men's hoops, every stinking home game is going to be a, a Gonzaga or St. Mary's type feel. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. I mean, you think, about, you think about our players and you think about the fans that get in the Marriott Center. Like, it's just it's, it's incredible. You think about the coaches and the teams in this league. It's been the number one league overall the last six years. Ken Palm just put that out. And, and, uh, and then you think what you're doing is you're taking out Oklahoma and Texas, who over the last two years – I think Texas was in the AP Top 25 once, Oklahoma never. And you're putting in Houston, who's a Final Four, us who've been back-to-back Top 25 teams. Central Florida with 72,000 students and Johnny Dawkins. And Cincinnati has got, like, you know, one of the 15 all-time winningest programs in the history of college basketball. This league is terrifying. Terrifying. It is terrifying. (laughs) And then you think about them all in the Marriott Center, guys. Amazing. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, get your season tickets now. I mean, yep. it's going to be a hard ticket to get. Yep. Okay, so. Uh, Think about these coaches. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Think about Bob Huggins walking into the Marriott Center. Amazing. I mean, it's going to be so fun. Like, this, this is, this is really exciting. Now, yeah. 
Now, listen, I mean, clearly this is two years away. We got our work cut out for us. We're playing in a great league right now. The truth is, if you go and look at the preseason analytics, that the Big 12 has four teams in the top 40 preseason. The Pac-12 has four teams in the top 40. And the WCC right now has top four teams in the top 40 right now prognosticated. Us, uh, San Francisco, St. Mary's, and, and Gonzaga. So, I mean, we have, you know, it's not like, like we have our hands full clearly right now. We got the number one team in the country in our conference, right? So we have a ton of work to do as WCC. With that said, and it's such a great league, and they'd be so incredible to us. With that said... The opportunity to have some of these teams roll through the Marriott Center and be in the best top to bottom best conference basketball conference in the, in the country. It's overwhelming. <laughs> I have no words. How does this change your recruiting philosophy and your scheduling philosophy moving forward? Well, it's okay, let's start with scheduling because that's way easier. Like so we've been going out, you guys, this is so it's so crazy. And listen, I mean it's because of it's because of all the foreign players that played here, all these great coaches, Coach Rose and, and Coach Reed and did the whole list, Coach everybody, um, and, and these incredible players. But it's impossible to get a, a game in the Marriott Center. Like the last 16 months, we've been going to teams and saying, we'll give you a three for one. Oh. We'll go to your gym three times you come here once. We'll give you a three for neutral. We'll go to your home gym for three, for, for three straight years and then just come play in Vivid. And you can't get games. So – I'm super grateful that this takes care of that. That is such a massive thing. And I'm so great. You know, our whole time here, the last two years, we've been feeling like, ah, we just have to find a way to get great teams in here for our fans. And now that's done. Like, there's too many great teams coming in. And then in terms of recruiting, you know, it just takes that off the table. Like, you know, I mentioned earlier, the, the, the only recruits that are going to not want to come to BYU because of our schedule or our conference are recruits that are, don't want to play against the toughest teams in the country so it's it's super exciting guys is there any reason not to come to BYU now because before it was like hey it feels like it's a good sell yep. and honestly uh you know for a decade we've looked up at Utah and been like man that's pretty awesome being yep. in the power five league all right this changes things not to mention being the best basketball league in America which is crazy when you think yep. about the ACC and the Big East nope the number one league will yep. be the league that BYU is in. Yeah, and it's been tenure too. It's like over the last six years, right? So it's not. This is not just a, a two-year deal. This has been the, the way it's the way it's been rolling. So um, it's super exciting. You asked why they wouldn't come here. So the only bad thing for me is that it used to maybe be conference, and now that's out of the picture. So now the next thing up is well, the head coach is not very good. So <laughs> if we could just remedy that issue, there'd be no reason not to come to BYU. No, there's no reason. Yeah, I now, it. I know you're a man that wants to take care of some unfinished business, and there are still some things you want to accomplish in the yep. West Coast Conference yep. before you go to the Big 12. Let's highlight some of those. What's on the docket? Yeah, so listen, I mean, this, the conference is this year prognosticated out as being the best the WCC has ever been. Six teams in the top 100, four teams in the top 40. Uh, it's brutal. You know, we, we've had uh, the, the WCC surprisingly has been great with super seniors. So uh, LMU has their super seniors back. San Francisco has all their guys back. Um, and, 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 you know, of course, Gonzaga is still doing their thing and they had the best recruiting class in the country again. And um, so this league is really tough. We, um, you know, we, we still, you know, we've been running this nine or ten years. How long have we been in? Ten years? A decade. A yeah. decade. We still haven't won the WCC. We haven't won a conference title or a tournament title. And so um, it's just not going to feel right 
getting out of here without doing that, that is a tall task. You have to be the best team in the country to do it. I mean, you literally have to be the best team in the country. So um, that's what we're chasing, uh, and we're going to give it a, a massive swing. We're excited. Tyler Haas just texted you and I, Spence, said, Let's go! So yeah. pumped yeah. at 12, yeah. baby! Ty's yeah. feeling yeah. the mojo. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm just happy. I'm happy for all of our guys. And this is the truth. Like uh, I think Tom or President said earlier, you know, you think about Kresimer Kosic and you think about, yep. you know, uh, Danny Ainge and Sean Bradley and Tyler Hawes and Brandon Davies and Jimmer Fredette and, and Jackson Emery, and you go down the list of all these guys, that's why we're here. I know it. Like, we get the chance to do this. We get this Marriott Center. We get this practice. And because of all the coaches, it's because of and, and what the BYU fans have done. Like, all of those people that came before, they made this place so good that this time around, it was a no-brainer for the Big 12. And so I hope, I hope everybody in Cougar Nation is, is celebrating because they're the ones, fans and players yeah. and coaches are the ones that got us here. We yeah. all win. Coach, so great to have you in studio. Uh, be with us again. Congratulations. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. How about some validation from a future conference foe and their athletic department? Iowa State Athletic Director Jamie Pollard, despite not knowing exactly how everything is going to come together, really nobody knows at this point, did say that it's moving quickly. Listen to this. You know, there's clearly going to be some uncertainty in how we put this puzzle all together, but um, the players that will be on, you know, in the game playing to put the puzzle together um, have come together a lot quicker than I could have ever imagined. And so I give a ton of credit to Commissioner Bowlesby because he worked um, like a coaching search, you know, stealth um, behind the scenes. And, you know, we're not. We're not to the finish line yet, but um, things have moved really, really quickly, and so uh, I'm excited for that. Okay, Iowa State Athletic Director Jamie Pollard Mm -hmm. discussing the timing of all of this. Mm -hmm. Pete Thamel, you just heard from him and his reports, courtesy the Big 12 Expansion Update Desk. We've resurrected that after five years. Jerem, after all of this, have we graduated from if to when? As it pertains to BYU receiving an invitation to join the Big 12 Conference. I felt this way Friday. I, I said it this way. It was smoky, and then it became actual fire uh, Friday. So I expect BYU to be in the Big 12. I don't know when the announcement's going to happen. Is it going to be later this week? Is it next week? Is it weeks from now? I don't know. But there's a couple things going in BYU's favor. The soundbite, or SOT as we call it in the biz, that we just played, confirms the national reports. Uh, Pete Thamel, you know, Pollard said, hey, Pete Thamel must be talking to somebody, right? Um, that Somebody's knows. not keeping their mouth he shut. He confirmed it. He confirmed Like, this is happening. This is happening. It's just a matter of when, which is so exciting because it's going to be such a great move, right? And the fact that BYU is actually going to finally be on equal footing with Utah in terms of conference affiliation and in the club, right? Or in the club. Depends, uh, you know, how you want to phrase that. This, no, it's, it's a matter of when. It is. And... It's so exciting, and things are happening, and when, there's questions to be answered later. But the overall update of BYU being invited here soon, it's incredible. 
I do expect and would would uh, warn everyone that the pendulum will swing from good feelings, everything's great, to there still might be questions relative to BYU about stuff. I'm actually surprised it hasn't happened yet. But what I would love for the, in this is for it just BYU to get in. Just get in, and then people can complain about the things they want to complain about relative to BYU. But BYU is such an obvious invite here that they were first in this group of four, and then the other three kind of came after. And because BYU is independent, it's ready to it's it's single and ready to mingle. So this is very exciting, man. I, I'm stoked. I cannot wait for this. And I'm going to buy a cowboy hat the day BYU gets invited because then we'll fit in. As much as BYU fans and all supporters of Cougar Athletics may have hated the 2016 fiasco, the money grab, the Big 12 expansion look, just perhaps because they went into looking at expansion in 2016 in detail, maybe that is what has allowed BYU to be at the forefront and be expedited into this conversation. Yeah, perhaps. So maybe there's some value there. After all of that, we were so upset. Yeah. But maybe that expansion look in 2016 has allowed BYU to be at the forefront of what's happening right now. And reports were that the the teams or a team of the two that are leaving, Texas or Oklahoma, were the ones to mainly voice their concern of BYU coming in previously. So Texas did so I asked this question. I last don't think week. it was Oklahoma because David Boren, the president of Oklahoma at the time, he seemed was very pro, pro BYU. Yeah, yeah, good point. So it was Texas. Can you blame I, Texas after I, what Taysom Hill has done to them? I mentioned that to Max also last week. I said, I think Taysom Hill single handedly kept BYU out of the yeah, big Yes. If BYU had been blown out in thirteen and fourteen, maybe Texas is like, Yeah, come on in. Too many negative feelings. Nope. Uh, and we really should thank uh, preemptively, the SEC for this whole thing. There's no need for the Big 12 to feel like they have to add. And again, I've been saying this for weeks. We needed desperation to get an invite, and here we are, right? Um, the SEC plucking Texas and Oklahoma was the key to BYU's athletic fortunes for the future. And then the Pac-12 saying, nope, we're not going to try and take anybody from the Big 12. And in the end, let's, let's talk about the Big 12 versus Pac-12, and trust me, we'll do plenty of that. We'll do plenty of that with Utah up there and BYU in the Big 12 soon, hopefully. It feels like it, right? Is, um, is <laughs> a football conference, I would argue, the league with BYU in it is, could be the third best league, Big 12. And then basketball, it's going to be the number one league in the country. So BYU is actually going into a better situation than the Pac-12. Let's also talk about this. West Coast, blue states, BYU culturally doesn't fit in as well, although the alumni fan base is there. Red states, where BYU is going in the Big 12. That's where BYU fits culturally better. It, 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 it fits. I would prefer geographically for travel and fan base BYU be in the Pac-12. But when all things, uh, when the dust settles and you look at everything and TV deals and how the leagues are faring and all the sport, Big 12 is a tremendous fit. I'm very excited. What's a two-hour flight to play one of the four teams in Dallas or around the Dallas area in Texas? Yeah. West Virginia and Cincy are away, and UCF are ways off. But you figure it out. BYU just needed to be in a a Power 5 conference, and here we are. It feels like BYU is an imminent decision. So, yes, I'm not looking at this as an if anymore. Where's the smoke the other direction, by the way? There's zero. I went against my inner moral standing and compass of being the eternal optimist, and tried to just be pessimistic for a few hours last night. I was like, okay, think what could possibly go wrong to stop BYU from being invited to the Big 12? 
And because of all of the pre-research and the 2016 search and everything that has already happened and all of the information that has leaked out about how BYU is the obvious choice, they're the one school that adds value to the conference. There's so much positivity in favor of BYU joining the conference that I think it's snuffed out all the other smoke. And like they, we put a yeah. blanket over all the negativity. A wet blanket, and in a good way, right? And there will still be, again, just brace yourself, there will still be that pendulum swing of certain groups that are like, no, we don't want sure. BYU in for X, Y, Z. But I feel like we're too far down the path. The, like it they're it won't react prevent being, them from no, being in. No. It won't swing it where maybe it swung it in 2016 to where BYU doesn't get in for X, Y, Z reasons. Who knows? Like Texas could have just said, no, and they were so powerful at that table. Now they're not there. Listen to the, go to YouTube and watch that whole clip with Jamie Pollard. Yes, because he he talks on Texas just openly, and then he had more to say uh, about the situation right here. What really excites me um, is I think that in you could make a really strong argument that in football from top to bottom, will be more competitive. And, um, you know, one team will be stay unnamed, currently a member of the Big 12, was only won two, you know, football championships in their whole time in the Big 12. So, you know, not, a, not the, you know, the record that they seem to think they are. But, um, you know, some of those programs have really storied football tradition, and some of them have been really good over the last several years. And then if you flip it over and look at basketball, you go, my gosh, basketball you know, probably got three times harder. Yeah. So um, I think that's really exciting for, our, for Iowa State. Oh, the shade thrown at Texas. Incredible. <laughs> I love it. So they have two more Big 12 titles than BYU does. Texas. Congratulations. <laughs> and Utah has zero. And BYU is 4-1 and one combined all-time in football against Texas. I'd be salty too if I were the Longhorns. I bet, yeah, salt, yeah, a lot of salt there, a lot of salt. This is so exciting, man. Like we've been waiting for BYU to have maybe an opportunity. I said at one point I didn't necessarily think it would ever happen, but I didn't think that Texas and Oklahoma would ever go to the SEC, and that has created this domino effect where it didn't take multiple dominoes. It literally took one domino for BYU to. Get this invite, whether it's the end of next week, this week or next week or weeks. I don't know. Yes. But it sounds like it's happening fast. And if I'm the Big 12, I lock this up quick before the AAC can do anything crazy, before anyone else does anything crazy. Well, you got to get the timetable started early because yes. the AAC teams are supposed to wait 27 months. So, yeah, they want to move quickly yes. so that they can lock in a date when everything is going to come to fruition. Yes. Whether that's 2023 for BYU and whoever else. Or for all four teams, yeah. or maybe the AAC teams join in 2024 and the Cougars join in 2023. I don't know. Let's just get it Let's locked in. Get the timetable going. Yes, and then you can figure out the details because some people have asked, but not really. Like, what's the Sunday play thing? It's like you know what it is. The ask the whack in Mountain West and WCC what they've done. They've not scheduled BYU to play on Sunday. Is it that difficult? Yeah. Like, is it really that hard? I don't think it is. The Big Twelve knows exactly what they're getting themselves into. With BYU now. Yes, and they want it! Because of thorough research from years in the past, most recently in detail in 2016. So, again, you can move quick when you've already done all the research. They know what they're getting into. Yes, you're exactly right. They know exactly what they're getting into. And they want Brigham. And we want you, Big 12. We want you. The power of the Big 12. 
Can't wait for that billboard to go up a point of the we, mountain. We, we don't speak for the university, but I will right now. We accept the invitation. <laughs> BYU <go>. Sports Nation <laughs> officially accepts BYU Sports the invitation accepts. to the Big 12. We accept the invitation, yes. Our exactly. question of the day. If you could only have one, Jerem, because this is a huge oh, week, obviously. This is so juicy. <sighs> Which would you choose? A Big 12 invitation, okay, or a win against Utah this week to snap the nine-game losing streak. Oh, that's a fun one. You can have one guaranteed. One guaranteed. Let's hear from you, BYUSN, and Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. John Alasi on Twitter answers, Hmm, been waiting 10 years for BYU to beat the Utes, and only since 2018 have I been considering the Big 12. Only since 2018? Not 2016. Okay. I'm sorry, Utah haters, but the Big 12 offers long-term economic benefits and a chance for exponential growth in all sports. In parentheses, how about both? <laughs> Trying out new larger goggles. <laughs> if if BYU it when when BYU beats Utah this Saturday and gets a Big 12 invite, greatest week ever. Greatest week ever. Greatest week. Dare I say, better than the national championship week in 1984? I mean, hard to top that. But when you talk about the long-term impacts, just like was outlined uh, and well-stated, you could argue that. It's in the conversation, right? And he said 10 years waiting. It's actually been, we're sitting on, what, 12 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. I recently spoke with BYU All-American candidate and center, the leader, James Empey, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation All-Access, discussing everything from the Vegas experience against Arizona to what he feels about the rivalry game. This is James Empey, one-on-one. James, what was the entire Allegiant Stadium Las Vegas experience like for you? Oh, it, it was a blast. Such a cool stadium, such a cool opportunity to, to play in that venue. And, you know, Cougar Nation was all there. All our families were all there. So it was just a blast, man. That, the place got rocking. It got loud. Um, and it was such a, such a cool experience to play there and, and get a win. A ton of royal blue. The pageantry was back. BYU comes out on top. How would you assess the offensive lines play collectively against Arizona after you've had some time to reflect on it? Yeah, I thought I thought we did all right. I thought, um, you know, the guys played really, really hard. Uh, we did a lot of good things, and we have plenty to work on. So, uh, in no way have we, you know, arrived yet or as good as we can be. But we're going to keep working every day to get better. That's for sure. Yeah. What is priority number one for the offensive line right now to get better before the game against the Utes? I think I think altogether we just need to to execute a little bit better, get a, get a little bit better on our assignments. Um, a little more, uh, you know, just ma- making stuff happen a little bit better. There, there's some times where uh, we might have just missed something just by a little bit, and, and uh, if we can get those blocks down, I think we'll, you know, have a lot more fun. And Utah consistently big, big physical bodies, guys that go in there, and they play really hard, and so we have our, our work cut out for us, and, and uh, you know, we love the challenge, and we're excited to go. 
BYU Center and All-American candidate James Empey with us on BYU Sports Nation. How do you feel like your collective team effort was? I know it's only been a few days, but how would you rate the overall performance as an entire team? Our, there's no question that our guys fly around and, and, and we have fun playing football. And, you know, like I just said about the O-line, if, if we can just execute a little bit better at a little bit higher level, I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll improve our play uh, dramatically. So I just think as we look forward this week and, and as we, you know, uh, keep trying to get better, if we can just take care of a few little things, it'll, it'll make, uh, you know, big dividends, just, just like Co- coach always talking about small and simple things. And if we can, if we can take care of some small things, I think we'll see some big improvements. So uh, just going out of this week, trying to, trying to be the best team we can be and, and uh, get better everywhere we can. Yes. Let's look forward to this week. Blue versus red, the ultimate clash, the in-state game, as Kyle Whittingham recently called it. When I say Utah week, what comes to mind for you? Oh, I just get get so excited, man. We're so excited for for this week. Love this game. Uh, love the opportunity to play. Uh, love love the fact that it's um, you know an in-state rivalry game, and and the emotion's going to be there, and and just all that kind of stuff. It's it's going to be a whole lot of fun, and and uh, we're excited to get after it this week. BYU hasn't played Utah in football in two years. You're a guy who at one point was committed to play for Kyle Whittingham in Utah. So what kind of added significance does this game carry for you personally? Um, you know, every year is a new year, and, and every team is a different team than the year before. You know what I mean? So uh, we're we're excited that we get the opportunity this year. We're excited to to go and get after it. And I think everybody, you know, wants to play their best and, and win this game. So just uh, going to work this week and, and trying to make it happen. Is it just any other game or is it different, James? Uh, it's, it's a little different. It, it's a little different. I mean, in-state rivalries, they, they mean a lot and they, you know, they're a whole lot of fun to play in, uh, but you got to approach the game just like, just like you would any other game and, and work your butt off and prepare your butt off and, and get yourself ready to play so that you can have a lot of fun. James Empey is on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking BYU-Utah during Rivalry Week. What do you know about the Utah defense thus far that may cause you some problems? And they're traditionally they're they're always really good. Their defense causes people a lot of problems. They have a big, strong front seven um, that play so hard, and and they're physical, and and uh, you know they're a great challenge. And you know we we love challenges. We 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 uh, love the chance that we get to play these guys, and uh, we're we're looking forward to it. But super super excited for the challenge. Super excited to to play this defense. And uh, like like I've been saying, we're we're gonna get to work this week and and go for it. So. Fans will be back at full capacity in Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the first time in almost two years. Live ESPN coverage, the rivalry in the state, 20-year anniversary of 9-11 as well. What kind of scene do you expect at LES on Saturday night? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. We, we've been waiting for uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium to be back at capacity and have everybody that we can, you know, be there. This, this last year was great, and we made it happen, and, you know, like – we, we made the most out of out of every situation, but we definitely missed the fans. So being able to have them back in the stadium is going to be awesome. So I hope Cougar Nation's there and ready to get loud and and uh, and uh, ready to have some fun. You're going to see yourself in like a billion pixels on those brand new video boards. How are you feeling about ultra high def? Love it. 
all the better to see that mustache with, right? <laughs> right. Yes. The mustache will be popping. Yes, sir. Okay, we'll finish with this. Media distractions are obviously always a very tricky thing to handle. With that said, what's the best way to handle not just rivalry week banter, but all this Big 12 expansion talk as a player? You're trying to block it out, so how do you handle it? Oh, well, well all that stuff, it's, it's all really exciting and, and uh, cool and fun, but um, the only thing that really we can do about it right now is go to work. And so just understanding uh, that all, all you can do is go to work and, and uh, that stuff's going to happen uh, regardless of whatever we do. So we're just trying to go to work and, and focus on uh, the task at hand, which is getting ready to, to play this Saturday. James, it's great to be back with you, my friend. Congratulations on the first win. Good luck against Utah. Take a full measure of BYU Sports Nation karma and go represent that mustache on those big high def boards. Let's go. Thanks, Spence. You got it. James Empey on BYU Sports Nation. Ready to roll against Utah. I like his story because, again, he was committed to the U. Went on his mission. Right. His dad was here. Right. Came to BYU. Then Mike Empey is let go as the uh, offensive line coach, but he stuck it out. He stayed here. Yep. He's got a very interesting story yep. leading up to this rivalry game. Yep. Uh, Deep Blue chronicles that. If you haven't seen James, he talks a lot about That's that. That's right. The decision to stay here was a big one. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. BYU takes down Arizona 24-16. The Cougars, like they did a few years back, led by as many as 18, but like a few years back, that lead dissipated, and it got a little weird late. Yet, they're 1-0 and pushing forward to Utah. Jerem, you were there on the sidelines. You witnessed all of it. The pageantry, the fans, the excitement, the weird comeback by Arizona. What happened against Arizona compared to what didn't go well or happened for BYU against Arizona in that season opener? Yeah, first off, winning's awesome. Winning's awesome. I know Arizona stinks. I called for a uh, you know two-touchdown win. Hey, BYU was pacing for that. And it was 21-3. 21-3 in the third quarter. The, safety, the punt goes out at the one. The safety, a weird stretch play to the left, didn't end up working out. Uh, and uh, BYU gives up safety, touchdown, and then, you know, Justin Smith has to make a field goal. What didn't happen was Jake Olderoy didn't play. He's got, he's got you know, kind of a, an injury that uh, some days he can't go, and he couldn't go. He tried pregame. He was very focused, and I could see that he was, uh, you know, visibly bothered that he couldn't play. I was told he felt like he let his teammates down, but that's not the case when you're injured. You just can't do it, right? So uh, there was a lot of positive. Let's talk about it. BYU won the game. Yeah, hey, 1-0. John Wilner, you were wrong. Uh, Tyler Algier, 94 yards. Almost got a hundy again. Neil Pau, career game. Amazing. 8 for 126 and 2. Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall had moments where it was like, oh, this is a dude we've been waiting to watch, right? There were other moments offensively for BYU where the Cougars kind of struggled and made some weird uh, plays, but all good. Um, you know, Hall finished the game. That's a positive. Hey, it hasn't, con- it hasn't happened until this game. He didn't get a concussion, right? Uh, defense, 16 points allowed, four sacks, one takeaway. I, I like that. Uh, Chris Jackson atoned for the Coastal Carolina reverse with the fourth and five. 11 yards, right? Then laid out a block on the next play to spring uh, Keanu Hill. Mm-hmm. Rudy ran out the flag. That was cool. I, uh, I talked to him. I asked him if he was offside. 
in the movie? What do you think he said? Of course he said no. He said no. <laughs> and I know it wasn't him. And what did you him. respond? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I said, well, great to disagree. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the band was there. That was cool. First time in 20 years they'd been to an out-of-state uh, non-bowl game. So that was cool. The pride of the, the Wasatch. Of the Wasatch. The power of the, the yeah. power of the Wasatch. Yeah. Tyler Batty had another sack. That means five sacks in five games. He's he's a beast, dude. Like in person watching, I was like, this guy sticks out. Uh, and then some of the signs the BYU had that they put up. One is Bob Marley. One is Gandalf. I just love the creativity. <laughs> okay, what didn't happen that needs to happen, right? Nakua's didn't play. They're not quite ready with the hamstrings. Hopefully they will be this week. Max Tooley didn't play at linebacker. Max Tooley didn't play. Jake Goldren, I mentioned. Um, BYU didn't cover. Dallin Holker was targeted a couple times. Didn't actually get a catch. But uh, there was a lot of positive. Does BYU need to play way better than that to beat Utah? Obviously. BYU cannot play the way that it played against Arizona and beat Utah. Just I don't, I don't see that happening. But... There was a lot of positive. Uh, make some tweaks. Kalani said as much after the game uh, to me. You know, I wish I could have that second half back. You know, he said. Okay, so now for the concerning and part of that second half was BYU's struggles against Arizona's receivers on the outside in space. Now, this is not something that has never happened to BYU, and frankly, a lot of teams across the country struggled defending athletic speed. On the outside. So how does BYU address that? Because Utah certainly brings those type of receivers. And you better believe that the Utes were honed in on what Arizona was doing in the second half to cause BYU some problems. So that's a little bit of a concern. BYU gave up over 300 pass yards. When you're up 21-3, you are going to give up some pass yards because just naturally that other team is going to be chucking it. And you go into prevent defense. I'm not overly concerned necessarily about that number. But then I look and I see freshmen in Arizona, and I go, eh, it's a little high. Like, I would have liked, uh, you know, like 10 points allowed in this one. Although there were two missed field goals. I mean, Arizona easily could have been into the 20s. It could have been a 24-22 game. Yeah, I was hoping BYU would get into the 30s against that Arizona defense. Again, uh, someone said, Jeremy, you were wrong. They didn't win by whatever. No, no, no. Arizona still sticks. They have the, the nation's longest losing streak among FBS teams. They stink. So, therefore, I wish BYU would have played a little better. But, BYU's got Utah right where they want him. Oh, look at, look at BYU's performance against Arizona. Eh, I don't know, man. Hey, Jaron Hall's saving his best for the next one, right? That wasn't Jaron Hall's best performance. And it was the first one. And it was Allegiant and Saturday Night in Vegas. And it almost didn't matter who was across from him. There were going to be some first game issues. He hasn't started a game in two years. I'm all, I, I'm okay with it. I'm not happy, but I'm okay with it because BYU learned a lot of things that I think they can shore up. And guess where this game's being played this week? It's at home. Utah's good. I'm not sure they're like 10, 11, 12 win good this year, right? But I think they're 8, 9 win good. Maybe they're 10 win good. We'll see. Jaron Hall started one for six, notably shaky, sped up. I'm sure the nerves talked about the huge national stage. You got 40,000-plus BYU fans in an NFL stadium, but he calmed down, finished 17, 17 for 27. So 18 for 28 overall. 17 of 22 Sorry, 17 for 22 that. after that. Yeah, he yeah. was 18 for 28 overall. Yeah. And I couldn't help but compare, well, what did Jaron Hall do against what Max Hall did in his first start against Arizona, notably? And the pass percentages, similar. Yards per attempt, similar. A couple of touchdown passes. 
Like the 39 yard run was awesome. Although he told me after, I felt slow, which like, is weird because I, I was like, "Wow, he's fast." He felt like he should have scored a touchdown there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Has all of this news of the Big 12 expansion, coupled with BYU and Utah not playing for two years after this year, affected the way that you feel about the rivalry game? Yes. And the fact that BYU's lost nine in a row. If BYU had won nine in a row, we'd be stoked. We'd be like, ah, 10 is coming to the whole thing Utah's doing. Yes, uh, I think it does. BYU-Utah means so much to us. It really does. Uh, when I first came, moved to Utah, the first BYU home game I went to was the 95 Utah game. And then I went to every game, except for my mission, through 2012. Why not since 2012? Well, I was producing Ken on the kickoff, so I was here and unable to go to the game. Uh, I, was, I was working that night. Um, this game is so big, and it means so much, right? But, but... Uh, I feel I feel like the Big 12 news is going to supersede any result that happens. Okay, it could be an all-time finish, and it will be a massive deal. Like the only way you could top Beck Tarlene or like Lavelle's last miracle, or fourth and eighteen or whatever, is if you won on a hail mary. You know what I mean? Like Nebraska SMU style. <laughs> you need some type of dramatic yes. finish to the game. Yes, I think that 2015 Vegas Bowl. Kalanitake hiring thing is going to happen again. That really stung, but it stung less once the news was happened right after the game that Kalanitake was hired. It's like, oh, now we're on to the next thing. We're pushing forward. I think that will happen with the Big 12 news. Should BYU get an invite and there be a formal press conference, you know, early next week or something? We'll see if and when this, or not if, but when this happens. I think that the result of the game will be in some way diminished in a way that we haven't really felt since the Vegas Bowl because of how big this news is. And then you mentioned the other thing. Florida is going to play. So Utah says we're going to play an ABC schedule. We have an A game, a B game, and a C game. The BYU game is the A game in non-conference. They want to take it easy in non-conference. Guess what? I feel the same when BYU's in the Big 12. Play Utah and then play a whatever FBS and then maybe an FCS because you're going to play a ton of tough competition. If you want to sign up for a, a big boy game later, yes, you're playing a bunch of big boy games. You don't need the a bunch of A games. Do right? you keep Boise State? Do you keep I, Utah State? Conversation well, for another day. Boise State to me is an A game. Yeah, it's not a B game. So I, I don't know. But yes, a good conversation later. It is interesting because I think there's some swirling winds in this sunny landscape that could affect how you're feeling about the weather, if you will, about BYU-Utah. It's an interesting week. It feels like... The Power Five invitation. Again, not official. We think it's going to become official very soon, but certainly not official. Is a barrier or a soft landing spot if BYU loses to Utah. It's like, well, shoot, that stinks, but we're going to the Big 12. You know, it's like this blanket of comfort that BYU fans are mentally preparing for if the Cougars lose this game. I think even if BYU wins, that, that, that will supersede that even, honestly. Yeah, I think no matter what happens against BYU and Utah, that the Big 12 news will be the big resonating emotion and feeling. Other than the people that deal with Utah neighbors that remind them every day, I think you're isn't, right. Isn't the, but isn't BYU to the Big 12 a bigger win than even it, beating Utah? It certainly right? is. Isn't it but in that people conversation? people get caught up in the emotion yeah. of having to deal with 
annoying neighbors that we have pointed out are like Daryl. Okay. If our lives are dictated by annoying neighbors, then we got bigger but problems. But op- it often is when it comes to scenarios I'm speaking like generally. This. Right. Yeah. But you're, I mean, the bigger picture, yes, it's not close. We agreed on that yesterday. But when people are stuck in the middle of Utah fans constantly reminding them nine times in a row, 10's coming. Oh, now you got to sit on it for two more years. Like, just play the pack. How many Pac-12 titles do you have again, Card? Right, you go back. We have and the forth. same amount of Power Five. You go, you go back and forth. Yeah. I feel like there is, understandably, an added measure of urgency for BYU sure. because of the hiatus. Because then that BYU hasn't beaten Utah in four thousand some odd days. That yeah. grows to five thousand some odd days. Yeah, you know, that's annoying. So there's urgency there. It is annoying. And I was talking with a fan. From Utah, he's a Crimson Club member. He's a longtime friend of mine last night. And he said the game between BYU and Utah has become more of a relief thing for Utah fans. Oh, because they they want to keep that streak going. If they win, Uh, it's a relief. It's not like, ha-ha, yeah, we won the game! They expect to win. They expect to win. Yeah. So it's like, oh, phew, relief. I would love for BYU to get into that position. And it's almost a good problem. It's almost like how BYU fans feel about playing Utah State. Yeah. Where it's like, ah, good win, relief, on to the next. Well, I don't feel relief. Yeah, I don't. Well, yes and no. I don't feel relief when beating Utah State. I expect to beat Utah State. There's no, sometimes they beat BYU. Okay. Do you feel great celebration in beating Utah State? No. Utah fans at this point, according to my friend, who is, again, longtime Crimson Club member, do not feel great celebration anymore. It's relief that they get to keep the streak going, and they don't have to listen to BYU fans be annoying. Uh, they're about to when BYU gets in the Big 12. I'm sorry. That's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that will happen, but again, they can hang their hats on, well, 10 in a row and 13 years in a row or whatever. Okay, so yeah. th- there are like cool. there are emotions pulling in different directions. Yeah. So urgency for BYU to win, Yeah, but comfort blanket in that we think the Power 5 invite is coming. I think it's going to be comfortable either way. It's just how it's just like extra soft or soft because BYU to the Big Twelve is the biggest news in BYU sports history, it's, and it's coming up literally in maybe days. And if BYU beats Utah, obviously we're going to be elated. But it feels like this game and the lead up to this game, in the in the in the quota of emotional and physical space you could fill BYU football up with, a lot of that has Big Twelve right now, just stuffed in there. So it's really interesting. I, I didn't anticipate that three days out we wouldn't be juiced as freak about the Utah game. I'm excited about You know about what it. I mean? Yeah, I am yeah, too. Yeah, we're excited. But it's, but it's not like, let's go. You know, it's not, it doesn't feel the same this week because of the Big 12 stuff. You're more excited about the Big 12. I'm way more excited. I'm Shep over here, man. I'm so excited. Okay, so this is the, the shaping of potential best week ever for BYU athletics. Yes. If BYU upsets Utah, it's I'm t- and then the invitation yeah. comes. I'm like, telling you. That could be the best week it's ever. It's still one of the best weeks ever, if not the best week, because of the what it means to BYU sports. One single game against Utah. But it's not I just, want, and it's it's the nine game losing streak that factors in. You don't I understand all so of it's that. It's not just another game, right? Not just another it's, rivalry, but it's game. a it's a it's a single game compared to the Big Twelve invite. Yes. It's, What's the difference between nine and ten? 
There's not much. Well, we're used. We're unfortunately, sadly, terribly used to this. Twelve years okay? becomes then fifteen years. That's the difference because of the hiatus. We get. We'll get over it the moment there's a press conference. We will be over it. Not saying that most won't, but yes. it's the difference between potential best week ever and wow, that was a great week. Power five and you know expansion, amazing. It's beating Utah would make it the best. Yeah, to me, it's more than that. Okay, to me, it's to me, it's just elation regardless of result obviously we want BYU to beat Utah obviously we want the streak to end but there are bigger things at play than those weirdos 45 minutes away how do you feel about it our question of the day has the news of Big 12 expansion and the pending two-year hiatus affected the way you feel about the BYU Utah rivalry game this year let's go to voice of the nation this is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. David Tenney answers on Instagram. No. The desire to beat Utah has always been at a very high level, no matter what dynamic of either school is. Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying it's not a big deal or matters. What That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the Big 12 is just like even more. The, one of the greatest games in BYU-Utah uh, history was when neither were headed to a bowl game. It was 2000. That's one of the greatest. The context of the game always adds to it, but if it's only these two teams and they were 0-11 and it was the last game of the season, it would still be incredibly meaningful to both sides. At CougarA70 answers on Twitter, can it get stronger than with every fiber of my being? <laughs> David Nixon level. Did, didn't they take that out of the missionary handbook? A while ago? I have no idea. <laughs> if so, then yes, additional opportunities may be seriously curtailed. It will be more difficult to schedule Utah so let's blow them out this Saturday. 56 points sounds about right. Blue goggles, anyone? Yeah, I'll take a one-point win. I really will. BYU hasn't beaten Utah by more than one score since 96. So 20-point win. I'm not uh, picky. I just want a one-point win. Trust me. And it's Wednesday. Again, Thursday and Friday, all of a sudden, I'll be like, what was I saying Wednesday? Like right now, I have like a rational Big 12 take. On Thursday and Friday, it will become irrational. All it takes is one text to rile me up from uh, a, like a Utah fan that I know, or my stepdad, but he's nice about it. He knows. He knows which lane to stay in relative to this conversation. At Jeremiah underscore Hale on Twitter, half of my heart feels more urgency, there's that word urgency, to mm-hmm. beat Utah because sure. of what's on the line. Yep. The other half is prepared in the event of a loss <laughs> to justify that the Utah game doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> As BYU moves maybe, on to bigger and better things. Maybe I'm in defense mechanism node, mode to protect against potential loss. You're not alone I'm like, that. hey, it, it doesn't matter. A lot matter. of people are. It's the in-state game. You know what? Kyle was right. A lot of people <laughs> are already in defense mode. Yes. That's the comfort blanket of the Big 12 invite. We played a soundbite from Kalani. He wants aggressive defense. I want someone, by the way, to come out one day and be like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to be passive defensively. We're just going to lay back. Hopefully they don't score on us. Everyone's always aggressive. Everyone always up-tempo. No one ever says, yep, we're going to slow it down. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week. On the best of BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now on set, once again, is our friend and athletic director, Tom Holmo. 
Tom, I tweeted this out, but I couldn't help but feel overwhelmingly emotional as I listened to President Worthen and you give those initial comments because it's been a wild, long road to get to this point. What does this day mean for you personally? Oh, man, to quote Paul McCartney, the long and winding road. You know, there, there are times along the path that it, we knew that it was we were stalled and and some days were good and other days were not so good. And there was all kinds of debates. We helped you out on your show so much. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. By, by, with, <laughs> with our ups and downs. But um, I think, you know, just personally, like I said earlier, to be able to be a part of the BYU football program years ago as a player and then, then as a coach and then be here now, I just kind of, I feel it. It's in my blood and I, I feel what other people feel. I have a good sense of what Cougar Nation uh, needs what they want. They tell me all the time. Uh, in, in Cougar Nation, I, I, I was, someone asked me like maybe eight years ago, what's Cougar Nation? And I said, if you have to ask, then you, you know, I can't really explain. And I think in the years since then, uh, Cougar Nation's everywhere. It's, uh, it's Sports Nation. It's our football team. It's our basketball player. It's our tennis players. It's our sponsors, our donors, our alums, people that don't have anything to do with BYU or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but they watch BYU athletics. That's Cougar Nation and more and more and more. And it just keeps growing stronger and bigger. And I just today what it means personally for me is the, the, the Cougar Nation is getting stronger. Yes, it is. And I know you don't want to talk about this, but I will. Um, this is when, when you retire and we talk about your career and everything you did, this will be the number one thing that we talk about. Getting BYU to the place it sought forever uh, in a Power 5 league. So how, how did this happen? And was this Texas and Oklahoma leaving and the Big 12 needing teams? Or was there a conversation prior to that? When we went through this six years ago, we were able to make a real big, nice presentation. And I think at that point in time, time Bob Bullsby and the people that were there, they learned something about BYU that they didn't know. They didn't end up going in that direction. They just decided not to expand. But there's no way that they could have forgot that. So that's why it was so important from that period of time that we had to gain strength. And from that time till now, we're better. We're stronger in almost every area. And so when it came time for this, we, the work had already been done. And here we are. It just happened fast. They knew about it. And it's the journey begins. Yeah, Commissioner Bowlesby just admitted to us a few moments ago that he said, while we didn't expand in 2016, had there been an expansion, it's hard for me to think that an invitation would not have included BYU at that point, which goes to your uh, bringing up the fact that that presentation went so well at the time. Yeah, we didn't know that. He didn't tell me that at the time. <laughs> but it just, it was, it's a tribute to our coaches and our players that at that point in time, instead of uh, – you know, mulling around and sulking, it was like, okay, what's next? And they just moved on to the next game, the next match, whatever it was, and just dominated. Again, chaos yields a fruitful result for BYU. Pandemic, who's playing? What are we? We're playing. We're going to go 11-1, and and we're going to produce the number two pick. Chaos, Texas, Oklahoma, oh, dominoes fall. We're ready. We're ready. So that's to your credit in the athletic department. It's been amazing. Okay, why not 2022? Is it because it'll be easier to get out of the existing contracts by 2023? I think there's a lot of discussion that went into that. 
there could have been a possibility that we did go in early because of contracts and stuff. We, when we, when we went independent, we had a deal with ESPN that we could get out of if we were invited to a P5 conference. So even with ESPN, you yeah. had to put in. We did with all these individual teams, and we were very transparent with the WCC. We have really good relationships with Gloria Navarez and when Jamie Zaninovich started this thing as commissioner. And so we, we feel like all the people around us knew kind of what was going. But there's some things that come into play, and I've said in my remarks earlier that we want to be a great partner. We feel that we were a very good partner in the WCC. We feel we helped the WCC, and they helped us. That's what a partnership is. So going into this Big 12, we want to be a great partner. And I don't know if it would have been a great partner to come on in and make them change every one of their schedules in every sport for one year. And then they'll three teams come in and they have to change it again. And when Sunday play comes into play, that's, a, that, that, that's not going to be easy. So right now we have two years, you know, roughly, to be able to work out a lot of deals, to be able to start that partnership, to be able to build strength. I think it does a good job for us in our relationship with the WCC that it gives them an opportunity to try to see and determine what they want to do. The schedules will be similar. And then I think it gives BYU uh, Athletics an opportunity for our teams to kind of ramp up because you better be careful what you wish for. It might come true. When start, people start talking about, hey, I can't wait to come to that Kansas game. I'm like, we play Kansas in basketball? Wait, what? <laughs> you know, and I went to Pope and said, Pope, you ready? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm ready. You <laughs> know I'm ready. ready. Right? Yeah. And so, but I mean, those, those are, there's a lot of factors that come into play. But I think in the end, just the right timing in many, many situations. Yeah. Could have, probably not the best idea. What we're going to do, we hope, works out great for us. That makes sense. Yeah. Tom Holmo is on BYU Sports Nation. You just brought up the strong partnerships you've had with the West Coast Conference, with both different uh, both of the commissioners there. You want to be a strong partner with the Big 12. You've got a great relationship with ESPN. I know a lot of fans are wondering, how does your relationship with ESPN change with the decision to join the Big 12 Conference in 2023? Yeah, it's a good question that has not been resolved. I mean, I say resolved, we haven't even really talked about it. I think one of the great things is, uh, the people at ESPN, it's all about people. It's not about just that company. It's a great company, the sports leader. But the people back there are incredible. And so we have that connection, and we like that connection. And they've been a big part of our brand. They're almost part of Cougar Nation. Uh, they've been a huge part of our brand. And so we like that. We, we love to see that continue. They are the ones that help us you know, get all these games. If you look at it on the other side, they're the ones that help us get the Diamond Head Classic in basketball. They're the ones that help us get the uh, Maui Classic in basketball, which is, you know, we, we're in there a lot. And it, it, we're not going to treat that lightly. We'll do everything that we can to continue that relationship. In 2010, when you announced independence, uh, access and exposure were the two aims at that time. Certainly the landscape's changed in terms of uh, access to TV and digital streaming and whatnot. Are there certain concessions relative to that uh, that happen when you go to a a league that has its own TV deal? Now, granted, it's ESPN and it's Fox um, and BYU TV's ability to broadcast everything else. I guess what was the conversation like as it pertains to TV in the future? Because I think fans have been pretty comfortable with the TV deal currently, uh, but now it'll be a little different. And in two years, uh, four years, it'll be perhaps very different. We'll see. 
It's a really good question because when we went independent, there was a definite reason you, you mentioned access and exposure. exposure. And those, we have those now, but now it's something else. Now it's about just strength and our, our student-athletes gaining strength and our brand getting stronger. And TV is always going to be, or broadcast is going to be part of it. It's going to be interesting to see where's TV fall into this as opposed to stream within relation to streaming. And there've been, we've been talking about this for years. Is streaming going to come in toward the point where name the you know, companies? Yeah. There's, a, there's a whole bunch of them that are possibilities. Right now it's way too early to say, but we have an open vision of what the possibilities are and we'll do what's best. But you're a part of a conference now, so you do have to line up and do as the conference votes. And BYTV's role will be figured out yes. uh, in the future, right? And, and I think that, like, I want to make sure that this is perfectly clear that when, we, when I talk to Bob during these talks, one of the things I said is, look, BYUTV is a different animal. There's nothing like it in the country. No one has anything like it. Nobody. But it's a great resource. And if the Big 12 can use this resource, it's going to be a benefit to the Big 12. I'm not just pubbing this for BYU, but there's some ideas that we have that we're going to pitch the Big 12 on where we think we would add value to the Big 12. Not just for BYU, but for the Big 12. Yeah, and we've already had some of those conversations. Let's go. Which is very fun. Okay, so we joked uh, earlier as we came in from break that, oh, yeah, it's rivalry week, too, on top of uh, this Big 12 Friday. How have you balanced the emotions of Big 12 expansion now going official along with BYU-Utah happening tomorrow night this week? Did you know that's tomorrow night, Tom? Yeah, there's no such thing. <laughs> there's no such thing as balance this week. No such thing. Um, you know, what I do is I, my office overlooks the practice field, and I have a pair of binoculars. So amidst all the talks that are going on, maybe on the phone and stuff, I have one eye out on the field <laughs> on my binoculars and my one ear on whatever's going on. Look at, I love our football team, and it, it's so important to what we do. And so there's no way I've been distracted. I'm not distracted. We got a game tomorrow night, and I'm ready. Oh, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Let's go, man. You called me a couple of weeks ago when I was kind of in the pits of despair of covid and you told me you were saving the best things uh, for when I got back. You're a man of your word. You, you saved the Big 12 announcement I, I until Spencer this. was healthy. That's the craziest thing. <laughs> we, we probably could have done this a couple of weeks ago, but you wouldn't have been there. Uh, you're a gentleman and a true friend. We appreciate you, Tom. Thanks, Thanks so guys. much. Congratulations on everything. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Let's recap the top five plays from BYU against Arizona. Start us off, Jerem. Number five, Hayden Livingston picks off Gunnar Cruz in the end zone to stop an Arizona drive with six minutes left. Hayden Livingston's first career interception. I don't know why Gunnar Cruz threw this up. I think he thought there was pressure in his face. Hayden Livingston just mm, sitting back there picking it off. Congrats to Hayden. With the only takeaway of the game, Hayden's wife, Erin, is a baller on the volleyball team as well. So just before this, Malik Moore has to lead the game with a cramp. So Hayden Livingston comes in. Maybe Arizona's like, ooh, let's attack the new safety. Yeah. And he picked it off. Uh, Don't attack Hayden Livingston. The boy, Hayden. Number four, the first touchdown of the 2021 BYU season, courtesy of Tyler Algier. 
15 yards. Hit the X button. <laughs> Leaps his way into the end zone. I'm a PlayStation guy, so triangle for me. Hit the triangle button. Of note, Algier also scored the first touchdown of the 2020 season. 34-yard touchdown right. rush against Navy. Right. Nice. Number three, Jaron Hall avoids the sack. Goes for 39 yards. He told me after the game, I felt slow. He said, I need to get in the office, get that speed back. He finished with 44 rushing yards, but yeah, look at him go. 39 yards, and that's what he brings. I expect to see more of this, designed or not, against Utah. At number two, Arizona driving on BYU's 26-yard line. Comeback effort. Peyton Wilgar. Who didn't block Peyton Wilgar? Dude, just right up the gut. 11-yard loss on the sack, forcing Arizona out of field goal range. Wilgar had nine big tackles and, of course, that huge sack. I love when it's Wilgar. Wilgar! What? And the top play against Arizona, Jaron Hall, 67 yards to Neil WR1 Pau. Wasn't Hall's best throw, but he steps up in the pocket, hangs in there with some heat, and Pau runs away from the guy. Pau told me in the film room, you'll see it tonight on the Sataki Show, he thought about stiff-arming the guy at the 10, but he just ran away from him for the touchdown. Eight grabs, 126 yards, two touchdowns, a career night for Neil Pau, who really had to bring it with no Nakua's, and then Gunnar Romney got hurt. Love the way that Jaron Hall stands tall in a shrinking pocket and makes the throw. Aaron Roderick told uh, Greg Rubel coordinator's corner that Hall looks off the safety the whole time until the last second. That's a veteran quarterback, and Aaron Roderick said that was what Zach Wilson was doing all last year. Fantastic play by Jaron Hall. That is Top 5 Tuesday, Top 5 plays for BYU against Arizona. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now is a man that knows how to break down a football game for sure, and certainly a rivalry game. He's played in them, he's won some, he is the always fabulous Riley Nelson. Riley, welcome to Rivalry Week amidst Big 12 chaos. How you feeling? As optimistic as ever and as desperate as ever to not let this streak get to the double digits. Okay, so let's talk about that. Jeremy and I were just discussing the impact of what we think is going to be a Big 12 invitation, maybe as early as late this week, if not early next week. Is that blanket of Power 5 inclusion enough of a comfort to make how you feel about the win or loss against Utah any different? No. To me, it has the opposite effect. There's more urgency around this game because I don't know what the new Big 12 or their schedules, what non-conferences look like. I feel like with BYU being independent and Utah in the Pac-12 with a nine, what's, what's currently a nine-game schedule, I feel like that already with BYU being free, oh, well, more free than with a conference to be able to schedule a non-conference opponent or a team like Utah and basically be able to say, hey, take your pick of weeks. Now all of a sudden you get to a conference. And if the rivalry becomes more intermittent, to me that's all the more urgency to – I mean, obviously we have to claw our way back from, going, from you know the recent performance. Forget the streak. Just since 2000 it hasn't been great for BYU, so we got to claw our way back to even out the score that way. But priority number one is just – get the streak over with and get a, a win chalked up uh, in the column uh, t- this this year. Like, get it done sooner than later. There's no time to waste. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm in defense mechanism mode. Uh, that way I don't get hurt too much emotionally if it gets to 10, <laughs> where it's like, hey, Big 12, who cares about that? But BYU-Utah obviously matters so much. It matters so much, yet it feels like because uh, BYU has this pending Big 12 invite that, hey, there's bigger and better things. Riley, we're starting to think like Utah has the last decade, which is, well, it's the in-state game. It could get weird quick. Most definitely. And listen, I I am fully aware of all the great opportunities and future that lays out joining a conference like the Big 12. But I also was one of the ones leading the charge, making fun of all the Utah fans who, when their team would fall short of their ultimate goal, which is winning football games and conference championships, you know, wearing the Pac-12 t-shirts, putting a Pac-12 insignia on the back of your card. So like, to me, conference affiliation, it's not just behind like team affiliation. It's like sixth. To me, the most important is what do you do on the field? And especially against your rival, we can compare who's got the bigger budgets or who's got the better recruiting staff or who's got, heck, we could talk about our success in men's and women's cross country, but we all know what rules. And it is who wins that game, who wins the Holy War year in, year out. And unfortunately, the recent string of luck for BYU hasn't been so good. So I want to turn those favors and get it back, get the momentum going back in BYU's side. Okay, Riley, Utah is a seven-point favorite coming into Provo. Not a shocker. They're ranked number 18 in the coaches' poll, number 21 in the AP poll. According to most experts, they're supposed to win this game. So the big question for BYU is, aside from scoring more points, how do the Cougars flip the script and end the nine-game losing streak? What's the key? The key is to not allow them to have – any big deflationary play, right? I think back to the the first game ever called was BYU-Utah. It was week one. It was 2019. And in that game, you know, BYU goes for it early on fourth and they score first and then they stop Utah on fourth down. And then all of a sudden, Zach gets tripped up as he's falling down. He tries to check it down. Francis Bernard, a former Cougar, by the way, steps in front of the pass, runs it back for a pick six early on in the second quarter. All the air came out of the stadium. And it was from that point, it was like, here we go again. And whether it was, you know, whether it was all the turnovers, and I believe that was like the 2016 game or the starting off the Vegas Bowl matchup, right, with five turnovers in the first half or going back to my year, it's a a miss back all the way to 2012 where an errant, a miscommunication, a snap goes overhead that they pick up and run for the touchdown. If we can just like, avoid the catastrophic deflating the plays that deflate the team or sorry, that deflate the fans and deflate the stadium. That's step number one. And to your point, Jaron, I know that sounds like a defense mechanism, but that to me has been the difference in games is big, huge momentum swinging plays that either get rice Eccles completely jazzed up or get Lavelle Edwards stadium completely, you know, deflated. Avoid that, number one. And then the second is it doesn't need to happen in all three phases, but it needs to happen in one phase. BYU needs to get one of those plays on their side, meaning we need a defense, special teams, or offensive play that just gets fans out of their seats, gets the gets the stadium rocking, gets everybody in the stadium believing. Look, the players believe no matter what. As a player on the sideline, you believe you're in there, you're fighting. But I'd be lying if I didn't say it doesn't help when – It is palpable when the stadium believes it too. It's also palpable when you're doing your best to believe things aren't going your way and you can feel that 
the 65,000 there supporting you in your own home stadium, they're there and they're going to cheer and their support, but they don't really believe you can get it done. That is a palpable change. So I know I'm talking about like the environment, a lot of intangibles and a lot of things that aren't really quantifiable, but I'm, I'm here to tell you they are real. And if BYU can control those or get those elements of this football game going in their favor, I like their chances. That's a really interesting point because I think in 2018, we felt like, oh, BYU's up 27 to 7 uh, with 16 minutes to go. This is ending. So even if BYU gets a lead, I think we're still a little hesitant to be like, hey, you still got to finish, still got to finish, right? This isn't over. Um, and then I want to ask you about that part too. As the players, Kalani Sataki has done a nice job, Aaron Roderick as well this week, of saying, listen, most of our guys have played in one or two of these games. They didn't play last year, and our seniors you know, haven't played them four times. They've played them two or three. Is BYU playing the Utes and history here, or how is a, for, how is a player – can you possibly avoid the weight of the streak? You cannot. In my opinion, you have to embrace it. They are, I, that was very well said. They are playing history. They are playing a history that I'll admit. So it, it's interesting. I, back when I was there from 09 to 12, we were playing against history as well. However, it was more favorable history. Obviously, you know, Irvin Meyer came in and there was that, but then John Beck clawed it back in 06. We had the recent history when I joined the program in, in 09, things did not go well in 08, but you, but it didn't matter that that game in, in Rice Cycle Stadium in 08 got really ugly because you had fourth and 18 in 2007 and you had Beck to Harleen in 2006, right? And even though prior to that, you had some, you know, you had the Urban Meyer where it wasn't as good, but even back, it was still recent memory that Lavelle's last game with, you know, Doman on the quarterback's sneak. So you had all this positive mojo that was within a decade of you playing them that you could, that you could rely on and help generate you. These guys have none, they have no ammunition going back more than a decade. And so they are playing against history, but rather than that should not be something that causes nerves. It should not be something that makes them less confident. If anything else, it should be more motivating. If I'm on this team in 2021 and I'm a leader and I'm, I'm trying to help craft a narrative for my teammates. It's that, hey, we get to be the team that everybody will remember that broke the 9-0. and That right before we went into a two-year hiatus and an uncertain future with, you know, going separate conference ways, we stopped the bleeding and got things rolling back in BYU's. We will be remembered forever as that team. As opposed to, you know, back when I was playing, we remember still the 09 and the 07, but there wasn't the level of desperation. The level of desperation has risen so high that if this team can get it done this year, they will be remembered in the annals of history uh, in regards to this rivalry forever. Clip this off, play it for the team, play that part, that That's answer amazing. for the team today <laughs> because it's so true. They can be the team that ended the streak. Like this this team in, in BYU history may be remembered as one of the last independent teams or something. I don't know. that They feel like a team that has a tough schedule. And who knows? In the bigger sphere of things, they may not be remembered for the whole season. We'll see if they do something that we remember. But they, if they win this game, they remember forever. They'll be remembered forever. That's a great point. Riley Nelson is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, Riley, you talked about the atmosphere, changing things, getting the fans wild and raucous in Provo helping them keep the foot on the gas. That absolutely is a major factor. In terms of matchups on the field, where does BYU have an advantage, if at all, against Utah? 
it was funny right before you went into break, Jeremy was talking about no defense ever says, let's go out and play passive. We want, but I mean, you kind of got that sense. You got the sense that the defensive strategy against Arizona, obviously they didn't pose a very, as big of a threat, or at least it didn't seem like BYU thought they posed as big as a threat because they were content to let Gunnar Cruz throw the ball into the flats to wide open guys, have them catch it at four, you know, fall forward for three. And they were banking on the fact that Arizona would not be disciplined enough to continue to go to that well. Well, it ended up that Gunnar Cruz threw for 340. Uh, but it, so you gave up yards, you gave up some touchdowns, you maybe let them creep back into the game. And the, although I would argue that that game was never in jeopardy despite some tense moments um, in the second half. And he eventually, they, they were proved right. Coach Satake or Coach Tuiaki, it proved right because when they were coming in and they needed a score, they got impatient. They forced the ball in the end zone and it was picked off in a big time, in a big way that sealed the game for BYU, eventually led to BYU being able to seal the game. Against Utah, I like that same approach in the passing game. Force Charlie Brewer, who's a guy that likes to push the ball down the field. He likes to get big chunks with his arm. He was used to doing it under Matt Rule at Baylor. You saw him try, you know, try. they're trying to do a little bit of that, even though it's against Ludwig and, and Whittingham's nature. They let him push the ball on some deep crossers, and he threw a couple, you know, 50-50 balls down the field. But the key... So I, I'm okay with them in obvious passing situations, playing bend, don't break. But in the run game, they cannot let them get momentum. If BYU, if defensively BYU allows Utah to get momentum in the run game, then, then it's going to be tough because then they can have their pick. That's Weber State stayed in that football game by, uh, what's the word, tampering or, or keeping their effective, Utah's effectiveness in the run game down. Once Utah was able to get momentum in the run game. Then it all opened up, and that's why they, how the game got away from Weber State. Don't get BYU is on a different, you know, they're on a different level than Weber State. So I'm not comparing them, but I'm comparing you know strategy to strategy. So they have to be aggressive in stopping the run, and I think they can get away with Ben don't break uh, in the pass game. So there's on that matchup, offensive to defensively. You know, I think Jaron is trying to be smart. Obviously, the history it's not it's not distant history of those mistakes that he suffered both when he got out and ran against South Florida and Utah state. But there were a lot of opportunities where he could have hurt Arizona even more than he did with his legs. And now you probably don't need Jared to rush for 80 yards to beat Arizona. In fact, we saw that you didn't need that, but against Utah, if those opportunities are there, meaning if they don't spy Jared or if they don't, if you don't force Utah into a position to have to, bring an extra defender out of coverage and into the box to help defend against quarterback run, then to me, that will be a huge missed opportunity. So said shortly, the matchup that I'm most excited for BYU is the QB run game, whether it's designed or whether it's scramble, because that's going to put immense pressure on what is a pretty good Utah defense. I think uh, Utah is going to come up. I think they feel confident in playing man coverage, which is going to allow them to, put an extra man in the box against uh, Tyler Algier, who I know that they feel is a significant threat. The way you take some of the pressure off Tyler Algier and as a quarterback, you create more opportunities for you in the pass game. If you have the skill, like Jaron Hall has the skill of using your legs, you get out and do it. Riley, great stuff. What a preview of BYU-Utah, as Jerem said. Clip off that motivational moment. Play it for all the fans. Play it for all all the players, and let's go. Great to talk with you, man. Thanks so much.
Not just another game, fellas. We've got to get it done this year. Here we go. All right, here's the ending the streak. Riley Nelson with us on BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. BYU head football coach Kalani Satake busy preparing for the Utah Utes with his BYU Cougars, but kind enough to take a moment in his very busy day to celebrate Big 12 Friday. Kalani, what a day. How are you feeling about BYU to the Big 12 in 2023? Man, I'm feeling so good and, and just really uh, thankful and, and just have a lot of uh, appreciation for everyone that made it happen. But I also want to just recognize uh, the best fan fan base in the, in the world, and, and that's Cougar Nation. just want to let you know that I'm so happy for all of you. And that's why it's important for me to be on here. I know our focus is going to be on the game because uh, that's what we're, we're doing tomorrow and, and doing today's preparing. But I just want to express my, uh, my appreciation to our fan base, how awesome they were for us last week in, in, in uh, Vegas and how awesome they're going to be for us tomorrow. But congratulations, you're in the Big 12. Um, and, and I'm really, really thankful that we get to do it as a group as a uh, as a athletic department with all the the wonderful coaches and student athletes in our department so it's a lot of fun for me and I'm excited for that but uh my my most of my focus is on is on the uh, the game tomorrow and making sure our guys perform at their best we've only got 90 more seconds with you but we're glad you jumped on here uh how are preparations for the big game with Utah tomorrow going really well yeah I'm looking forward to the uh you know everything that that goes involved with it for us being uh, with together with the team to Prepping last last second walkthroughs and and and, uh, and video and all that stuff. I mean, it's a lot of fun. The guys are ready for it. We had a great week of preparation. Looking forward to that game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Kalani, what's the biggest benefit to BYU football of joining a Power Five conference? Well, I mean, I think we've already had a Power Five uh, type of schedule. Uh, we were really excited about that, the opportunities of the teams that we get to play. Now it's to have the consistency and knowing who we're going to play at a time and um, being in, involved in that. But for, for us right now, I mean, that's, that's down the line. Uh, we still have some tough teams on our schedule, including the one tomorrow and, and the one next year. So we're going to focus on getting this thing done. And I'm just glad that we have a great athletic director to help us ease into the transition. How will this affect recruiting, Kalani? Well, it just gives um, – I think uh, we've heard a lot of people say, well, if only you were in a P5, well, now we are. So it, it, it allows us to get the kids that probably should have came to BYU from the very beginning, um, you know, and, and just make sure that we get them right away as freshmen. You are such a scholar and gentleman to join us on this crazy Friday. We are mustering up all the good mojo and happiness and BYU Sports Nation karma we can possibly handle, and we are sending it to you, Kalani. Take it. Enjoy it. Live in the moment. Can't wait to watch it tomorrow night. Hey, as a coach, I'm focused on the game. But let me just tell you, before I was a coach or, or a football player here at BYU, I'm always a fan, and I'm so happy for all BYU, uh, the fan base. Thank you. Love Go it. Cougs! Go Cougs. Thanks, Go Kalani. Cougs. All right, Kalani Stake, head football coach at BYU. <sighs> what a day, man. I'm what so, a I'm so day. happy. I'm overwhelmed with joy at BYU being in a Power 5 league in 2023. Ah! It finally happened. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.